Gobble, gobble. Welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This? I'm Alec. I'm Casey. And I'm Liz. And this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, This episode is coming out on Thanksgiving Day, and I think I almost made Casey's head explode when I said gobble, gobble. (laughs) How are we doing today? (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, God. Yeah, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays in the year, but only because you get to spend time with family, whether that's chosen or biological, and you get to eat a lot of food, which are my two main operatives in life. You know, fuck the pilgrims. We don't care about them. Respect (laughs) indigenous people. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I have to say about Thanksgiving. Anything to (laughs) add from the two of you? Um, Dinner rolls. Dinner rolls. That's about it. Dinner Dinner rolls. (laughs) I like... uh like thanksgiving sandwiches like where you mm, like leftovers use a dinner well not even necessarily leftovers like in the moment you put the sand oh. like you make little tiny roll sandwiches like you do the mashed potatoes you got some stuffing maybe put mashed potatoes on some it? turkey this is yeah. nice it's delicious <laughs> have either of you ever been to a wawa a what no. a wawa it's like a gas station it's like the east coast version of a quick trip yeah it's like pennsylvania they like year-round have um like a thanksgiving sandwich and it's so Mm. good and that's what i always think of now (laughs) i had a Uh, thanksgiving dinner sandwich at a denny's one time and it was not terrible that's all i have to say Uh, mm. get you denny's congratulations denny's your food was (laughs) not terrible i feel like that's what they basically are living up to (laughs) right put that on a shirt Today, we are talking about one of my favorite movies of all time, and definitely my favorite Thanksgiving movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the 1987 John Hughes flick starring Steve Martin and John Candy. I love this movie. I've seen this movie literally every Thanksgiving day as long as I can remember. My mom and her sisters usually watch it. They break it out, you know, later in the day after we've eaten all the food and we're in a food coma. Yeah, so... I have a lot of experience with this movie. I know probably half the script and can quote it on demand, but I wanted to hear what the two of you had in, as far as experience with this movie. I had never seen this movie, <laughs> which I don't know. It's weird. I, I have never seen this movie. I've seen a lot of John Hughes movies. I've seen a lot of John Candy movies. I've seen a lot of Steve Martin movies, but I have never seen this movie. This is like where the Venn diagram crosses, crosses for all three of those. Yeah. I first saw this movie in like my mid-20s. I was actually dating someone who also had the same holiday tradition as Alec did. And I apparently retained nothing from it. I mean, that's not a bad thing, having a fresh take on it. So as I mentioned, this is a movie that is written and directed by John Hughes, who of course is famous for movies like The Breakfast Club and Fierce Bueller's Day Off. Uh, He was inspired by a personal traumatic event, uh, which he was trying to fly from New York to Chicago and was diverted through Wichita and it took him five whole days to get home which is bonkers to me. It was fairly successful at the box office though it wasn't necessarily a blockbuster. Uh, It definitely had a lot of critical acclaim. Critics loved it, audiences loved it, and a lot of people saw this movie as John Hughes' breakout from his teen comedies. It was kind of bridging that gap into just regular comedies instead of focusing on high schoolers. I wasn't unaware until I was researching for this episode that apparently they're planning to do a remake of this movie um, as of August 2020, and it's slated to star Will Smith and Kevin Hart, which I have thoughts on, but this isn't the podcast to talk about a new remake of a perfect movie, so... I'll just say, for everyone to hear, I'm not a big fan of Kevin Hart, so that doesn't sound like a fun time to me. No, I don't mind Will Smith, like, live your life, but uh, Kevin Hart's not my cup of tea. That's all I have to say about the history of the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I want to get this plane, train, or automobile rolling because there's so much that happens in this movie. We begin the story. We're in New York City. Steve Martin um, is in a meeting with a client. I believe he works in advertising of some sort, and the client is trying to pick some proposal they're giving them. They end up 
deciding not to pick anything. Steve Martin has the line that says two solid hours of staring at the material and decides to reconvene after the holidays. To me, sounds probably like something that the Senate just recently said concerning the stimulus bills. Um, But anyway, Steve Martin is rushing out to go to the airport because he has a flight that he's almost going to be late for. Chaos ensues. And that's our episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. It was a very short one. It'll be easy to edit. So on the street, uh, Steve Martin is trying to find a taxi cab to get him to the airport. And we encounter a... I don't know if I want to call it cameo because it's kind of like a highlight of the movie to me, but he makes eye contact with Kevin Bacon across the street and they're both racing for the same cab and dodging people and jumping over things. Uh, And eventually Kevin Bacon gets the cab. Then we have a whole scene where he's trying to get a cab from someone else and someone mysteriously takes this cab that Steve Martin has paid another man for but we're not quite sure who this person is but spoiler alert it's john candy's character what? <laughs> uh so we get to the airport and we find out that the flight's been delayed and steve martin makes a call home and we get to meet his family in which we get another cameo by uh, a lawrence brother this is matthew lawrence playing one of his three children at home i didn't know that it looks like him it's it does. not it you does. know it's not like I... sneaky it's the one with the bowl cut yeah yeah uh i turned into the meme of i love new york going beyonce but i was like matthew lawrence (laughs) beyonce (laughs) yeah i know exactly what you're talking about i gives that meme way too much and he has really good hair in this movie (laughs) yeah very true while we're at the airport waiting for the flight our main character steve martin uh his name is neil he meets our other main character Dell, who is played by john candy and he realizes that that's the guy who stole his cab. Uh, but John Candy's like <laughs> reading a sexy book. It's called Canadian Mounted, which I think is I very know. funny. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have a moment where they realize who each other is. And John Candy feels very bad for stealing his cab and offers to buy him a beer or a coffee or a hot dog, whatever. Steve Martin obviously doesn't want it. And he's very like, you get the sense he's an asshole, but he's just kind of a very like no nonsense guy. He just wants to get home. I mean, honestly, Steve Martin's character is like how I feel whenever I'm traveling at all, where I'm like, no one talk to me, no one do anything, <laughs> no one be around me. I don't like anything. <laughs> yeah, I was getting a lot of anxiety, these the scenes, the multiple scenes at the airport, just because there's so many people like in a tight space and it, I don't know, COVID's really done a number on me. Yeah. Like I know. my third note on this movie is literally, this is a manifestation of all my travel nightmares in one movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> it's a series of very unfortunate travel events. I feel like I felt anxiety this whole movie. <laughs> it was stressing me out, man. I was like, I just wanted them to get home. Well, <laughs> that's kind of the point of the movie. Anyway, Steve Martin finally gets on the plane. He has a little argument with a flight attendant over his seat assignment because he's supposed to be in first class but they've assigned him to coach and he ends up sitting next to surprise surprise john candy's character dell uh there's a whole plane ride uh one of the first lines that i always end up quoting is uh part way through this flight uh dell is asleep and he's resting on steve martin's shoulder and he opens his eye and, and says six bucks in my right nut uh we're not making it to chicago I mean, it's a self it's a self fulfilling prophecy because there's a snowstorm. They can't land in Chicago. They get diverted to Wichita, Kansas. They land in Wichita. They're trying to figure out when they can get a new flight. And then we have another cameo from Ben Stein, who's at the podium announcing that the flight has been canceled uh, on the little board behind him that shows where the flight is heading to it says destination nowhere which i always find really funny (laughs) and then ben stein is like delivering this little line in his very dry style which i love yeah my face literally went from being like ben stein like super happy to be like oh ben stein because then i remember how conservative he is is he really (laughs) oh yeah i mean he's always been he wrote um like speeches and shit for reagan that's like where his start was yeah ouch well, never mind. Anyway, Neil and Dell are reunited in the airport, and Dell is a shower curtain ring salesman. Uh, that's a little backstory about his character. And he knows a hotel, or a motel, I should say, in Wichita, where they can get a room. He's pretty sure he can get a room for Neil. So they take Doobie's Taxiola, a very dubious taxi service across town that has 
scantily clad women uh, in photographs pasted across the back seat and hydraulic lifts and everything on the vehicle uh, across town to get to the Braidwood Inn, which is a very also dubious looking motel. It all felt super Wichita to me, so it I did. thought this was I mean, authentic. Yeah, no, this, was, <laughs> this wasn't actually filmed in Wichita. It was filmed like north of Chicago, I think, but it does, it feels pretty realistic. You can tell they're not actually in Kansas because when they're driving in a countryside later on, they actually go up a really steep hill and I was like, that's not Kansas. <laughs> oh my God. They filmed, a lot of, they filmed the car scenes all over the place. They filmed a lot of them out near Buffalo, New York. They filmed some of them in Ohio and Illinois and then in California. So they were like oh, wow. went everywhere just to... Dang. Yeah. Except for where they actually were supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think they did. A, they did some filming in um, St. Louis when they get to St. Louis later in the movie, uh, but they didn't do a lot in Kansas, I don't think. Anyway, I digress. They get to the motel. Uh, they're paying for a room and we get a fateful swap of their credit cards. So they have the wrong person's card. And then they find out that they're sharing a room because it's the last room in the complex for the night. And then they get to the room and there's one full size bed. So they're sleeping in the same bed. And then like cue toxic masculinity like, oh, we're sleeping in the same bed. Uh." I mean, obviously, I'm sure there was thing of like, oh, two men can't sleep in the same bed together. But I also feel like it's just like I wouldn't want to sleep in the same bed as a person. I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know this person at all. Yeah. Like that to me is the weirdest part. No, totally, like, for sure. The thing is, is that this movie started, and I almost feel like they kind of want you to not like Steve Martin. I mean, they want you to like Steve Martin, but they make him look like a jerk a lot. Yeah. But like, really, in my opinion, I think John Candy is the bigger jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, he's supposed to be... Steve Martin is acting very hot-headed, but he's doing it because John Candy is being insufferable. So yeah, you're kind of like not really picking a side. At least I never really have picked a side in them. It's just like a movie where bad things happen to both people. Oh, I picked a side. <laughs> yeah, I picked, I picked a side and my side was Steve Martin because I was yeah, like, John Candy is... Ah! I know we're about to get it, but this bathroom scene was like, yep, nope, sold. Not no, the, the bathroom yeah. scene was disgusting. Uh, uh, the only good part about the bathroom scene is that you get to see Steve Martin shirtless, and he was kind of hot back in the 80s. He has a good body. Yeah, Steve Martin has big daddy energy in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Steve Martin is taking a shower in the bathroom. He's decided to do so uh, after Dell. He's allowed him to take his shower first. But his, the hot water goes out on Steve Martin first, which isn't great. And then when he gets out, there's no towels to dry himself on. And he's like stepping on like squelchy socks that are on the floor there's so many i mean my thing is is how did you not see that there was no towels before you got in the shower or how disgusting it was this shower scene though like him stepping out and how disgusting the bathroom is made Mm -hmm. me physically ill it literally i was nauseous it's so disgusting i hate it i get that uh we have the shower scene and then they decide to go to bed and they're trying to go to bed and Dell's making a lot of noise. He's like trying to clear his sinuses. He's trying to read a book with a lighter. He's doing all these things and it really sets Neil off. Neil has an explosion uh, and he basically just rips into Dell for like five minutes uh, saying how terrible he is. The emotional music starts and Dell starts this little monologue about how other people might not like him, but he likes himself and he has a wife that likes him and blah, blah, blah. He mopes back to the bed and Steve Martin feels bad. And then he puts his stuff because he was getting ready to leave the room. He puts his stuff down and then gets into bed to go to sleep. He really shouldn't feel bad, though. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, but at the same time, also, where the hell is he going to go? It's not like he even has a car to sleep in during the night. They get burgled. Some guy breaks into the room and steals their cash. Some extra from Newsies just jumps in and steals some money. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the cast in this movie is like massive, but like 90% of the people, probably like 95% of the people in the movie are on screen for like 30 seconds. Yeah. I know. It's so weird. And some of them are like big names. I mean, Kevin Bacon was up and coming but he had still done a few things by then i think he'd done footloose at the time like michael mckean is in a in it for like 90 seconds toward the end it's i don't know there's so many people that just float in and out of this movie it's awesome we 
pan over to see Neil and Dell cuddling in bed. They kind of come to the realization that they're cuddling each other and not someone else <laughs> that they might be hoping to be cuddling. Dell asks Neil why he's holding his hand, and Neil goes, where's your other hand? And Dell goes, between two pillows. And Neil goes, those aren't pillows, because, like, <laughs> spoiler alert, they're between his legs and, like, LOL, men touching each other. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where his hand was. <laughs> I thought it was maybe between his, like, boobies. <laughs> no, it's not wrapped. It's, like, definitely, like, <laughs> behind him. You know, I thought it was butt cheeks. When I was younger, I was like, I think it's, is it like between his butt cheeks? And I was like, fucking, uh, fucking Steve Martin would have to be stacked. You know, his butt would have to be so juicy if it was between his butt cheeks to get them confused with pillows. We didn't get to see it lower. So who knows? <laughs> Those pleated pants cover a lot. We need a, we need a recut of that shower scene is what I'm getting at. But also think of like how calm you'd have to be. That would be like, where's your other hand? And in your brain, you're like, it's in my butt right now. But I want him to realize it's in my butt before I make him remove it. Like, I just want to make sure he's uncomfortable with this before we go any further. I'm just like, I'm just reading the vibe right now. Yeah, if you're freaked out, room. I'll be freaked out. But otherwise, I'm fine with this. Yeah, so that part's like a little cringe, but whatever. Steve Martin goes in the bathroom to freshen up for the day, and he's washing his face, realizes that Dell has been soaking his dirty socks in the sink all night. Neil has washed his face with that dirty sock water, and upon finishing washing his face, he starts to dry off his face with a pair of Dell's underwear, which have been conveniently hanging on the towel rack beside the sink. They figure out they're not going to get a flight out of Wichita anytime soon. So they're going to take the train. And the owner of the motel's son is supposed to give them a ride to the train station. Thus enters Owen. Uh, He's a true Kansas redneck in a pickup truck. He definitely voted for Trump. (laughs) He's spitting tobacco left and right and is truly disgusting. And yeah. yeah, go on. He looks like every country boy I've ever met. One. So when they panned up slowly to his face to have this reveal of him being disgusting, I was like, that's what I was expecting. Right. Um, but I have to say, the most disgusting thing in this entire movie is the fact that Owen is chewing tobacco because that makes me want to like literally vomit. It's I... the most disgusting thing in the world. Ooh, do you want to hear a really disgusting story from my personal Probably. life? Probably not, oh, but go this. on. I know the story. I know the There's story. I know the going. story. <laughs> my father used chewing tobacco his whole life. Definitely did it my whole childhood. And one day we had both been to Pizza Hut. You know, we just like had our Pepsis to go. And I was at home sitting around and I grabbed a cup that I thought was mine. And I took a drink out of it. But no, it was the cup he'd been spitting his tobacco spit into for hours. And I took a big <laughs> squig of it. And I, I did not vomit, but I was very close to vomiting everywhere it was one of the most foul things i've ever experienced in my entire life i'm not exaggerating i'm so nauseous right now from here <laughs> you look that. nauseous I, so, I don't feel great casey's actually crying take a drink right of now. your water boo boo <laughs> deep breaths oh. in through the nose out through the mouth no just keep telling me a story um about planes trains and automobiles lull me to sleep <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I see this guy, I just like because he plays a pedophile in Trick or Treat, the movie, and so I just always oh like, eh. <laughs> oh yeah. But what he's an unfortunate career. Disgusting in this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's getting work, but also like, what a unfortunate career. <laughs> While my brain is still here, I also want to point out earlier, I got so anxious because when they are in the little diner, they talk about how much cash mm-hmm. they had on them that was stolen. And Steve Martin's character being like, I had over $700 in my wallet. And I was like, right. I can't fathom having that much money in my wallet. No. Like, I would be a nervous wreck walking around with that much money in my wallet. <laughs> it's Yeah, I agree. That is bonkers. Yeah, so they do know by this point that they have been robbed in the night. But they think they're fine because they have their credit cards. They just don't have any cash right now. And they're going to get a ride to the train station. So this dude Owen is there and he insists on his pregnant wife help load the truck with their suitcases (laughs) and very large trunk and here comes the next line that i quote every time i see this movie they go oh no no she can't do that like you know let her stay in the truck and owen says um like she's tough or whatever her first baby came out sideways she didn't scream or nothing (laughs) 
I just love it. It's very funny. Um, So they ride in the back of this pickup truck in like frigid temperatures all the way to the train station because they can't go to the one in Wichita because the people train run out of Stubville, which is another quote from (laughs) Owen. Uh, You can't get a train out of Wichita unless you're a cattle or a hog, which is another quote from him. For some reason, I have all of his lines memorized. So they make it to the train station. They get on the train. So, yeah, why does the train stop? I missed this part. It exploded. Yeah, so like the engine. What? I mean, it's fucked not up. really, but. Yeah, it doesn't explode, explode, but the engine gets fucked up and the train stalls in the middle of what I'm assuming is Missouri because the closest town is Jefferson City. So, also, they have gross. also <laughs> a questionable city that I have spent time in as well. Uh, <laughs> sorry, mom. I know you're listening to this right now. Uh, it's the Missouri <laughs> version of Wichita. So, <laughs> actually, that's not far off. So Dell and Neil are reunited because Neil helps him carry his trunk across a like a tilled field that they have to cross to get to a vehicle that will take them to the bus station in Jefferson City. They have to get a bus to St. Louis. Uh, and the thing I do want to point out, though, as they're on the bus crossing into St. Louis, they cross into St. Louis the wrong way because they're crossing the bridge, which goes over the Mississippi, which you would have to be entering from the east side like from Illinois, which doesn't make any sense if you're coming from anywhere else in Missouri, a film goof that constantly been pointed out from my family over the last many, many years. (laughs) Once they get to St. Louis, though, since they don't have any cash on hand, uh, Dell dreams up the great idea of selling his shower curtain rings, but as earrings, which actually is quite successful he gets a lot of people to buy them as he advertises them um under exotic oh god he says like one of them was born by diane sawyer or something which Mm -hmm. i think is really funny and he tells some teenagers that they have a bunch of lies i mean who doesn't it's like the mini shower curtain rings right or were they the full-size ones no they're the full-size ones and they're plastic (laughs) yeah some of them are like the big plastic ones and some i think he also has like just the little very utilitarian like weather ones also who is that stupid to buy that and think it's an earring There's hey no it's way missouri it's okay. in your ear hole <laughs> right it's... like your earring hole is tiny <laughs> um not all earlobes okay hashtag that's not true, all earlobes <laughs> that's like the beginning of gauges because all the women were like oh I, I can't figure out how to fit this in my ear i guess i'll just have to spread this hole out even wider <laughs> Please don't say that. Oh, man. Uh, So they're going to make their own way, separate ways home because it's going to be more efficient, says Neil. Dell does not take the news very well. Um, He's grown a little attached to Neil and he's a little lonely. Pete gets up and leaves and they part ways. Neil finds his way to the airport where he's going to get a rental car, uh, thus beginning one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. He gets to the big parking lot where all the cars are parked and the car he's supposed to have does not exist. This part makes me like actually really mad. Oh yeah, like 100%. This is something that's probably happened to someone and it's I would hate everything if it happened. Because it is tr- like when the bus starts leaving, I'm just like, "Oh my god, this is horrible." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie I was just like, "Really? All this bad stuff doesn't happen to one person." Because <laughs> <laughs> uh it might in 2020. <laughs> And Honestly, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this movie has big 2020 vibes. <laughs> right. Yeah, though, it really does. Except for like a pandemic, I guess. That's all it's missing. Just a little Except pandemic. Except for that nobody's wearing masks. Yeah. Well, people still aren't wearing masks, which is why everything's terrible. <laughs> they said they're in Missouri, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything. Anyway, uh, so he can't catch the bus that's dropped him off before it leaves again. He has to literally walk across the tarmac of the airport to get back to the terminal so he can talk to someone. He shows up and is very distressed. He's lost his hat. He is very cold. He's fallen down a snowbank onto a road. Ugh. Life is terrible. I cringe during that. It's It was like a big drop off that he fell to. It was yeah. like a few feet. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? He gets to the desk of the rental car agency uh, in which a woman is on the phone chatting away, uh, talking to a relative about what they're going to bring to Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, She ends her conversation. She's not worried about the customer at all. (laughs) It's the secretary from Ferris Bueller. It is the secretary from Ferris Bueller. She's also a character named Chastity Pariah in 
Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, the movie, which is very good. She's done a lot of little bit parts. She was also one of the mean girls from the movie Carrie. Uh, she does get one of the best lines in the whole movie, though. So she sees Steve Martin and how upset he looks. And she's asking what she can do to help him. And he goes off on a tirade. This is literally a... I read online it's a 60-second scene. And Steve Martin says the word fuck 18 times in this scene. And if it were not wow. for this scene, the movie probably would have been a PG or a PG-13 rating. But of course, since he says fuck 18 times, they kind of had to you know give it an r rating um so he just like lays into this poor woman and she asks him for the rental agreement and he says i threw it away and then she just goes oh dear and he says oh dear what and she goes you're fucked which is (laughs) honestly if the movie had just ended there it probably would have been just as good uh it's such a great line i love that part of the movie it's great the whole family Ever since I was a kid, we quote it every year. It's just like the cherry on the top of a wonderful <laughs> Thanksgiving wonderful. day. I like the idea of like three-year-old Alec being like, you fucked. <laughs> Can you imagine? With the smoker voice and everything. You fucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my big like cussing as a kid story was uh, when I was getting out of, we went like camping or something and we had an RV and I was really obsessed with 101 Dalmatians when I was a little kid. And uh, I had I had a 101 Dalmatians VHS tape, and as I was getting out of the RV, I dropped it on the ground, and I just said, "Aw, shit!" And my mom got <laughs> so pissed at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right, so C. Martin is decides to go to the taxi stand at the airport and try to get a taxi to drive him all the way to Chicago. He pisses off the guy at the taxi stand who punches him, knocking him out, and causing Steve Martin to almost get run over in the road by a rental car driven by none other than John Candy's character, Del. (laughs) So they are reunited again. They decide to ride together back to Chicago. More hilarity ensues. Uh, Steve Martin falls asleep in the passenger seat, and uh, John Candy is having a grand old time while dancing to a song called the doing the mess around by uh ray charles uh which is is kind of a bop of a song but also like probably not something you should be having a dance party to in the car after the song ends he decides he's going to take his large winter coat off and ends up getting both of his arms well but the reason he's taking his large winter coat off is because he threw his cigarette out yes. the window but it didn't really get out the Key window it was in the back of the car and it was starting a fire. <laughs> so it's getting hot in the car and he's taking his jacket off. And he gets both of his arms trapped. But for some reason, instead of just like stopping the car, he keeps driving with no hands to hold on to the well, wheel. And also, you can't just pull your freaking arms out of the sleeves. It's a comedy, Liz. I know. I think watching this movie, I realize I don't like comedies. <laughs> <laughs> this whole series of events that takes place on the highway i think broke me as a person because it was (laughs) so stressful this is i think the most stressful part of the movie i think it also created like new fears because the idea of having my arms immobilized while i'm driving by getting hooked on things which happens to me all the time in general (laughs) i'm the kind of person i'll walk by a door and my pocket gets stuck in the doorknob constantly or i'm walking down a stairwell and my sleeve gets caught like in the railing so the idea that there's another place that it's actually dangerous that can happen i was like i didn't even think about that yeah while you're flying down the highway at like 60 miles an hour that's a nightmare yeah so i'm gonna add that to the list of things to be anxious about (laughs) They are careening off the road. John Candy stops the car just in time. The car has spun around a few times while they tried to stop and they get back on the exit ramp going the wrong direction. We get the foreboding hill with two semis coming over it towards Dell and Neil's car. A car on the opposite side of the highway with two very helpful people are trying to signal that they're going the wrong direction. You're going the wrong way. You're going to kill somebody. They're honking and they're waving at them. And Dell's like, oh, they're drunk. Uh, how do they know what direction we're going? And I love this part because Steve Martin is like, yeah, how do they know where we're going? <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, like, as far as like what city they're going to and not like what 
lane they're supposed to be in. I don't. I love that part. That part was funny. I did chuckle. That <laughs> <laughs> gets the Liz Nelson seal of approval. That one bit. Neil eventually looks down and realizes that he can see the median between their car and the people's car on the right side of the road and looks up in time to see the semi-trucks approaching them. There's not really anywhere to go. Danger is imminent. They squeeze by between the middle of the two semis in a very, very John Hughes-esque bit where we get sparks and flashing and you see both of the characters as skeletons in the car yeah, that part was pretty wonderful. Yeah, this yeah. is a really great part too. And then uh, Neil looks over at John Candy at Dell, and Dell is dressed as Satan, like the devil with a pitchfork and like a red outfit. Uh, it's very funny. Somehow they survive. They stop the car, and the trunk, uh, Dell's trunk, which all of, his, all of his belongings are in, flies off the car into the highway. So they have to go get the trunk. They have a little tiff in the road and they're sitting on the trunk and behind them in the distance you see the rental car go up in flames because remember that cigarette that went to the back seat a little bit ago yeah that caused a fire in the car and now the whole car's on fire smoking kills (laughs) literally well it doesn't kill you one of these characters but yes (laughs) kills uh, cars (laughs) uh neil has a breakdown and starts laughing because he thinks that Dell has finally you know done something that affected himself because he always seems to get off the hook but he learns that Dell actually rented the car with steve martin's credit card because they were swapped earlier in the movie but then which is horrible yes Mm -hmm. yes it is and then he swapped the credit cards back when they were in the same car together but steve martin put his credit card put his wallet with the right credit card into the glove box of the car which is now a fire so like he's double fucked so he's paid for this car and he doesn't have his credit card because it's on fire in the car yeah so there's another uh a fight on the highway they're shaking each other then they decide to find a motel for the night I mean, this movie is definitely, like, of its era, for sure. Because, you know, yeah. you watch that scene and you're like, man, I'm so glad I have a cell phone and, like, Venmo and, like... <laughs> but imagine imagine how fucked would be, though, if, like, the cell phone got burnt up in the car. You don't have anyone's phone numbers. You know, like, I don't memorize phone numbers. I only know, like, two people's phone numbers off the top of my head. That's you don't true. have, like, you know, Venmo on there. You don't have messaging. That's why we only have chips implanted in our skin. So well, they're going to do that things. when they give us the vaccine. So thank God. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> luckily for Neil at the hotel, he has, I don't remember how, it's like $30 and a nice watch, which he basically bribes the motel worker to give him a room for. Dell does not have that much. He has $2 and a Casio watch, uh, which is not quite enough. And so he ends up going to the car to sleep in the car, which is not in good condition. The entire roof has been burnt off, basically, and it's just like a charred wreck at this point. Somehow, though, Steve Martin finds some kindness in his heart to allow Dell to come in and sleep in the room because I guess he doesn't want him to freeze to death. I guess that'd just be another sad there's also two beds so like, there is time. two beds but you know like you don't want to you don't want to mar your trip any further with like a dead body in the car you need to drive the rest of the way to chicago that's true yeah maybe you do i don't know is that <laughs> maybe enough you do, maybe you don't. <laughs> uh they kind of make up in the hotel room they get drunk and eat some chips and like laugh about things the next morning and they're trying to leave it had snowed overnight and they're trying to get traction and get out of their parking spot and in attempts to do this, they pop the car in reverse and then back into the motel room that they were staying in, uh, which is... Which is illegal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, it is very illegal. It is destruction of property and they hightail it out of there. They hop in the car and then just hit the road. Literally, I was watching this and when they did that, I was like, okay, now they're going to go to jail because that's like super horrible. And I was really mad that they just like that poor motel. Like they didn't even pay full price on the room. Uh huh. Yeah, manager is going to get they... fired. Or not, not the manager, oh. but the person who worked overnight, he's going to get fired. Yeah, because there's no credit card on file or anything. So right. 
Yeah, he's fired. He just right. lost his job. That's the real so, story, is how someone loses their job by Planes, trains, nice. and automobiles, too. The tale of the guy who worked at that one hotel. <laughs> it's a horror story. He comes back to kill the family. Oh. Good. <laughs> this took a turn. Well, it's like him it. traveling to go murder them, so you still have the travel element. <laughs> okay, I'll allow it. Anyway, they are driving in the very sad car. They're almost to Chicago. They're like 100 miles out of Chicago. Uh, but they get pulled over by a motorcycle cop because they're going really fast because they don't have a working speedometer because, you know, their car caught on fire the night before. They're trying to explain to the cop how bad they need to get back to Chicago, but he's not buying it. So they have to impound the car. But Dell makes friends with a truck driver. He's like, you know, we can hitch a ride with this truck driver. And Steve Martin perks up at that. But the kicker is that they have to ride in the back of the trailer, which is refrigerated and is full of like dairy products or milk or something. So, you know, another fun plot point along the way. Good for that truck driver. Because I wouldn't trust either of these dudes to be in my truck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The truck driver doesn't want anyone in the cab of the truck because it makes him uncomfortable. And, you know, same. And you know what? That truck driver would do really well right now because they would never get COVID. Nice positive spin, Liz. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They finally make it to Chicago. We're here. We're at like an L station in Chicago. We're almost to the end of our journey. They have a a pretty amicable goodbye. And they're like, oh, well, thanks for everything. Ha ha ha. And Dell's like, oh, I'll send you some money. And Steve Martin's like, no, don't worry about it. And He's on the train and the emotional music starts up again. And he's like having these visions of his family at home with their Thanksgiving dinner. But then also he starts having these <laughs> visions of the chaos that All happened good with eh, good times <laughs> or like traumatic experiences from the last 48 hours. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's like them laughing together and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Know? He does like remember the times that they actually, I guess, didn't hate each other for a moment. But in doing so, he pieces together some of the things that Dell has said and realizes that Dell's story about his wife doesn't add up because he says he hasn't been home in many years and that he misses his wife terribly. He ends up going back to the train station where he finds Dell sitting there, not going anywhere. Neil asks Dell what's up. Dell says, I don't have a home. I don't have a wife. My wife died eight years ago. Uh, I don't have anywhere to go. It's kind of like, sad knife in the heart and neil invites dell over for thanksgiving and you have also an iconic scene where they're walking carrying the trunk down the street to neil's house and every time you go away is playing and it's a great song and neil introduces dell to neil's wife who at the end of the movie goes hello mr griffith and that's pretty much the end of the movie (laughs) yeah when she sees Steve Martin, though, like his wife is acting like he just came home from war or she thought he was dead for like three years. Like she's like crying and like holding him tied. And they have like this really emotional embrace. And I'm like, what is this? Casey, you need to talk to my mom about this movie and specifically about Neil's wife in this movie, because my mom does not like Neil's wife. She thinks that she is a useless character. But in her defense, I don't think they gave her anything to do in this movie. Oh, she nothing. just lays in a bed and looks sad the whole time. Yeah, she's like, are you going to be home for Thanksgiving? Sounds good. Oh, I don't hear from you the next night. I guess I'll be sad about yeah, it. Like, oh, my God. You know, they home. recorded all this woman's scenes in like two days. They were like, all yeah. right, now you stand in this white blouse and look sad. And now you lay in a bed and look sad. Honestly, if that they're like, we have this house to film in for three hours. We have almost yeah. nothing to do here. So let's get through it. Speaking of the house, not necessarily the interior, but the exterior is 100% the house from Home Alone. Uh, which yeah! is in Evan- so. it is in Evanston, Illinois, which is just north of Chicago, which makes sense because that's John Hughes is okay. from that area. So yeah, yeah, okay, a fun little. It Easter does egg. look yeah. Um, I have to say I call bullshit on this emotional ending because there's so much that still makes no sense to me. Because <laughs> it's like he randomly is just like has a huge change of conscience at the end, forgetting all the other shit that happened. But also like, where was John Candy's character going? He was on a plane to go to Chicago, and then he's just like, I have no home. Does he mean like he just has no family to go to, or is he homeless? I yeah, don't know. I feel I like he when he says, on. I have no home, it means like, I have no, like, home, like, in a, 
in an emotional sense, right? Like he has like a place to live. Mm-hmm. See, I interpret it as he doesn't have a home. Like he's always on the road for work. And I don't know if he was going back to Chicago because that's where he's based out of, like the company he works for is based out of, or he just has another client in Chicago. But I think he's just on the road always. And he doesn't really have any, he doesn't have a next step on Thanksgiving Day because he just doesn't have a family to go to. I guess I just wish that there was like a couple more moments of them really liking each other. For it to make sense. Because they literally had like a night where they were drunk. Where they were Mm -hmm. having fun. Mm -hmm. And then a thousand reasons to hate Del. (laughs) It was just weird the last minute to be like, he's nice now. (laughs) Does it shock me because it feels like very John Hughes for this movie to be how it is? I mean, Mm -hmm. I I totally get it. But yeah, I mean, it's like to me, if I finally get on the train and I'm finally going home, I'm not thinking about, (laughs) hmm, is that guy's wife dead? Like, (laughs) hmm. I think she is. Like, I'm just like, yes! And then I'm passing out on the train, and then I'm finally home, and I'm there. I just feel like it's so ridiculous. Like, you don't think about it. But I also get for it to be a holiday movie. They wanted there to be this, like, it's like a warm moment. Yeah. Well, it's very John Hughes, too, to, like, shoehorn in some sort of emotional content where it's not (laughs) really there. He's just like, just put it in. This is what people want to see. Which is why the wife is so emotional at the end, too, because he's like, you should be overly happy to see him. So the audience has a reaction to it instead of being like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> right. But that's uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Welcome. You uh, have now been initiated into the Rigdon family tradition. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks, Rigdons. Yeah. I, that makes me feel special, but I don't want to watch this movie every day. <laughs> <laughs> well then i revoked your honorary rigdon status yeah Aww. i think there's something about watching like these 80s movies when you don't have any like emotional childhood context to them that like storytelling is so different now that it's hard to mm-hmm. like get into it yeah. fully yeah i'd agree with that you know i've talked to people about how there just isn't that many comedies anymore like i feel like there just aren't a ton of just like straight up comedy films yeah. I feel like it's because it's hard to make those now. Like, and I don't know why that is, but I mean, because I love movies and I see tons of movies, but because I love, you know, thrillers and horror movies and stuff, they have such twisty, like complicated plots and all this. And so when I watch something like this, I mean, there is something nice about a simple, and we talked about this like two episodes ago when we were talking about Wishbone and just Mm -hmm. the simplicity of 90s television. And there is something really nice about that. But like, typical comedy of like this time period sometimes drives me nuts because people are so (laughs) stupid like i can't watch stuff when people are being such idiots like and that's why like i don't love the office as much as a lot of people because i think the office is like people just being dumb like most of the time like that's why i like parks and rec because people are being genuine in that show like Mm -hmm. i i have a hard time when people just act stupid for like no reason like (laughs) no you're right i agree yeah and i think like like casey said if i had like an emotional connection it's a different story and like as you've watched this since you were a kid it's like this would be hilarious when i was a kid because there would just be two guys being stupid for like yeah two hours you know well even if i just watched it in like the 90s or the 80s because this makes me feel like um like the national lampoons like the vacation Mm -hmm. movies as well Mm -hmm. it kind of gives me some of those vibes or even like revenge of the nerds kind of stuff that's going on but it's more so not because those movies are similar at all but just the style of comedy and Mm -hmm. how much that has changed over the decades also i just have horrible anxiety so movies that rely on cringe humor i have a really hard time with it's why like i cannot watch meet the parents or i will implode because it's so much yeah. Whereas this one, like, I did laugh, like, several times through it, especially the um, the concierge lady that was like, you're fucked. I oh, thought that was hilarious. So good. See, I think that was probably my favorite part in the movie. I think as a kid, I liked this movie because I found a lot of movies from the 80s to be boring to me. Um, even if they were billed as a comedy, a lot of times the storylines just, like, got a little boring, you know, like, halfway through. But for me, this movie always kept my attention because there's so many events that happen in it. You know, they're mm-hmm. always on, like, a different bus that's breaking down or a train or a vehicle or whatever. And then, like, the road trip aspect of it, you know, not that it's always, like, in a car, but the whole storyline that they're trying to get across the country to get somewhere. I love a good uh, road trip narrative, so... I guess that also 
um, appealed to me as a youngster and continues to do so. But now, you know, it's so ingrained in me that I just watch it every year and that's what it is. So would you say that's why you're like this? I think that's why I'm like this. I think it's a <laughs> a firmly instilled tradition from other family members, but also I think I genuinely like this movie because it just is a good movie. Um, What other like road trip movies do you love? I do like uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. I think that's a fun movie. It's kind of a classic. Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything is a good one. Yes, Tu Wong Fu is fantastic. You know what one of my favorite road trip movies might be is Little Miss Sunshine. That I is a really good one. Movie. Oh, also, <laughs> um, Priscilla, if you're talking about Tu Wong Fu, Priscilla's a great movie. Oh, yeah. Queen of the Desert. Sure. Oh, uh, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Duh. And you know what movie I really liked, but is probably if I watched it now, I'd be like, oof, is Sex Drive. It had Seth Green in it, and he played like an mm. Amish guy. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is yes. it slaps it's yes. such a fun and it's so definitely road good. trip movie uh so many beats i might have to talk about that one of these episodes we'll see yes it's a great one though i think that almost wraps up all of our discussion about the movie but i did want to ask you what's your favorite mode of transportation i mean if i'm getting some if i want to go somewhere to enjoy time somewhere then planes mm-hmm. because then it's going to get me there the fastest and i'll be able to enjoy yeah. my vacation See, I'm like, I'm sort of in the same vein, but if I don't have to rush and I have, you know, someone I can be with during the trip, I love a good road trip in a car, just kind of like being able to stop along the way and do whatever. Yeah, I think for me, if I actually push the distance aside, it's much clearer because like I don't actually like riding in planes. They don't bother me, but I feel like driving in a car is so much better, mostly because I don't like people. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm only surrounded by people I actually like and I can have like my music blaring or I, especially if someone else is driving and you're in the passenger seat, like having a road trip's amazing that way. Yeah. Of course, when I say that, also remember that I have extreme travel anxiety. So <laughs> <laughs> this was the perfect movie for Liz to watch. Honestly, yeah, that's probably why I don't like this movie as much as I don't like it because I have really bad travel anxiety. Like, I have such bad travel anxiety about just like getting to places on time when I'm supposed yeah. to be there. I don't know, it just stresses me out. Um, and so I usually almost always get sick the night before I travel anywhere, no matter how I'm traveling. It's so stupid. Yeah. No, I totally get that though. Yay, anxiety. <laughs> Yay, anxiety. Before we wrap up the podcast, I would like to let you know that we do have a visual companion to accompany this episode. You can find it on Twitter at Why Am I Like This, Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast, or Facebook on our Generation Why Am I Like This fan page. If you'd like to reach out to us, we also have an email, which is whyamilikethis at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on any service that allows you to do so. We really appreciate it. All right, it's the end of the episode, uh, so we're going to talk about our many good things, but I thought we could also talk about, since this is our Thanksgiving episode, what you're thankful for currently. I know it's a, a stressful world, and there might seem like there's not a lot to be thankful for, but maybe we can find a little something to boost our positivity. So my many good thing this week is uh, probably a lot of people have watched this at this point or heard of it. But The Queen's Gambit on Netflix is amazing, and I love this show so much. I haven't finished the season yet, but I am loving it. First of all, it's set in, like, the 60s, and so all of the clothing and all of the architecture is wonderful. I love the lead actress. Um, she's uh, She was in The Witch, and, I mean, it's just, like, absolutely gorgeous. She has such interesting features, like... But she's also really talented, and she's such a fun character to watch in this show, like, and I'm just loving it. But yeah, that's my mini good thing. And then as far as what I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for my hubby, obviously. It's fun to call him hubby now. And then also, I'm just, like, really glad we did this this year. Like, I'm so happy that we are doing this podcast and that it's just been really fun because even though, you know, we we weren't, like, saying, oh, we're going to have, like, a ton of viewers or listeners and, like, all this stuff. It was just, to me, this is all about just getting together with you guys and, like, enjoying things that we like and talking about them. And it's given you know all of us like this fun purpose to like do this podcast together hopefully you know i feel like probably all of us are thankful for that but um (laughs) i just had to throw it in there because i i hope you are hopefully you are i'm not this is awful (laughs) that's really sweet yeah i agree it's uh it's been 
a lifesaver this year, I think. It's been a fun project. Yeah. Casey, how about you? So I think my many good thing this week is going to be the movie Palm Springs on Hulu. Mm. It's really fun. It's about people being stuck in a time loop. It's very Groundhog's Day. They have to relive the same day over and over again. But it's just a really fun comedy. It's I won't it's say it's completely good. lighthearted, but yeah, it's it's just a fun time. If you're looking for a funny romp, this is it. What I'm thankful for is I was also going to say the podcast, but that's been taken and we only have one answer per person, so I can't say it. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't too real. I'm very thankful and happy that all of my family has stayed healthy this year, despite mm-hmm. everything else that's going on. I'm also happy for just the friendships that I have and like the three of us are able to kind of talk more now because of how the state yeah. of the world is mm-hmm. and just having a fun time with the people that matter the most to me. Yes. That's so sweet. I agree. I agree very much. My many good thing this week and the tradition of me catching on to things extremely late. In the last like month, I discovered coffee was great. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay so i for a long time i've i will drink like a latte you know something that's super milky and super sweet and you know i've in, enjoyed a mocha or something for the last couple of years it's not uncommon for me to do that but you know isaiah makes coffee at home a lot in the french press and anyway i started drinking coffee recently i actually like it uh i do put some cream and sugar in it but you know what it's it's a banger and it's another way to get me caffeine in the morning when i need it uh and life is good you know with some coffee so i feel like i'm an adult now and it's taken me a long time (laughs) to get there but here we are i like you say that as you twirl your hair in your hand i'm an adult now now? (laughs) oh my god i think i growed up i don't date around it no i'm yeah, I'm going to be like a 60-year-old child. As for what I'm thankful for, uh, I do concur with both of your things. I'm thankful for both of you. I'm thankful for the health and safety of my family and friends at large. I'm also very thankful for uh, the people out in the world who are really vigilant and fighting for everyone else in the world. There are people who are doing things that I can't even fathom, you know, uh, all of the hard work and ensuring people's rights to vote, just their civil liberties, their civil rights, making sure people have food, making sure people have, you know, money to do a gender reassignment surgery if they need to. I'm just super proud and thankful for all the people out there in the world. They go so far and above the things that I do, and I'm thankful for them every day. And I hope they continue doing that. And I hope I'm able to learn from their great instruction on how to be a better person. Nice. That was a nice. good thing. That's a very good thing. That was a that was a big good thing. <laughs> big good yeah. things. Big good things this last couple of weeks. Well, I think that about wraps up everything we have to say this week. Thanks for talking about one of my favorite Thanksgiving traditions with me. I hope it wasn't too traumatic to you, Liz and Casey. <laughs> Especially Liz. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week when Casey will be talking about the Lizzie McGuire movie. Hey. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.